I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships, creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram's a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado, and with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram Ninja. Hello. How's it going, man? I'm doing all right. We are starting a new year. Yeah, we are. I, I, I've only written the date once. So far, and it's yeah. what the ninth, uh, and it's still like I, I like many, 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 many other people in the world. I know that I'm not unique in this. I have a really hard time believing it's already 2022. I am purchasing something that requires a lot of signatures for uh, from a bank, yeah. and uh, they sent me back all my forms the other day. It wasn't that I had 2021. I still had 2020 <laughs> on everything I signed a week ago. <laughs> Oops. It's crazy. Just uh, the everlasting year, apparently. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I keep processing stuff like January is like next month. No, it's not. Well, we're starting this year out correctly. We're going to be talking about relationships and love for the first six podcasts here. I'm so excited for this material. I've had this material sitting on my desk, just like neon flashing at me every day saying... (laughs) I want you to talk about this. <laughs> Give me your attention. And here we go. So we're going to jump into love. You got to, we've talked about love and love movies and love songs in the past. That's true. But, uh, you know, just since we're jumping in, you got a favorite love movie, a movie about romantic love? Uh, I will say that it it's my favorite romantic comedy. I don't know that it's necessarily my favorite movie about love, but um, uh, Notting Hill is always just... It's, well, that's it's right. Like right at the top for me of I like, knew th- this is how good romantic comedies can be. I need to go back and do the Julia Roberts marathon. Sure. I really enjoyed Pretty Woman. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I think I watched Nine Hill just once. Sure. There's a lot of them that are, you know, they tend to get formulaic as many <laughs> romantic comedies do. But I feel like Notting Hill is it's pretty up there. My answer to this last time, I'm sure, was Tootsie, but I think I've switched. I watched Bridesmaids the other day mm, and just mm-hmm. laughed, and it's like the second or third time I've seen it, and just, sure. ah, it's just a treasure. Anyway, it's yeah, good. Good. Love movies to get you in the mood for uh, the upcoming, I mean, February's around the corner now. Right. You're going to see it in all the shopping malls, I'm sure. It, it's already yeah. out there. Is it already out there? They all the candy? started to take it down before Christmas happened, and- prepping the aisles for valentine's day it's how retail works jeff (laughs) (laughs) i'm not better it's fine (laughs) you're married you got a great marriage that's true that doesn't mean i don't hate holidays though oh i see (laughs) the thing about romantic love and this is why it's a great enneagram topic aside from the fact that this is a place where we connect with other people i think romantic love actually exposes our best and our worst self sure And oftentimes, the closer we get to other human beings, especially those that we might be in a romantic relationship with, the more that our type actually emerges. 
we're a little bit less protective. Some of the some of the tools that we may have developed over time tend to fade sure. at certain points, and there we are. Or in the other direction, they they you sort of double down on some of those tools. Like I think a, a, a couple of types in particular that like like they get more intense in their number mm-hmm. in, in ex- those those unconscious personality traits. Imagine that this is going to come up all over our discussion. Yep. Um, here's the thing that kept hitting me with romantic love, and I know this is probably known. It's you love someone, they love you back. There's actually four big things going on there. It's how are we trying to get love from this person? Mm-hmm. How are they trying to get love from us? Right. And then there's the how do we receive love? Yep. And how do they receive love? That's right. four very complicated things all going on right. all at the same time. Right. Pile onto that what it looks like when we actually don't receive love or somehow there's not a connection. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it's worth saying what happens when we do receive love and there is a connection. Right. And there's just those those six topics are, are really fascinating to me right now, especially when you put on Enneagram glasses and say, okay, what's the story with me and this person I know I care about and yet something, something's not working right here? Sure. Yeah, and and that's not even to mention the the most important factor of all of this, which is individual health. Sure. Yep. So like like if you're not a healthy person, you're going to struggle with romance. And and it will it it may hide itself for a really long time, but it will come out eventually. And and those those particular those four aspects, how I give, how I receive, how they give, how they receive. There's so much about individual health that falls into that that affects all of that. That it's love is messy. It's fun. This is how long it's been since we've talked about relationships. Is we give that preface nearly every time, and I'm like, oh yeah, right. That's the thing that <laughs> really is always on TJ's heart. It's like, okay, we're going to give you some tools for connecting to this other person, but they might not be a good person, right. and this tool might just connect you really yep. well to an unhealthy person. <laughs> yeah, totally possible. Yeah. We'll talk about nines and attachment and detaching at some point. <laughs> we'll get there. That's fine. One of the better Enneagram books out there is actually was published in the 80s. Right. And it's the Enneagram and Love and Work by Helen Palmer. It holds up. It has fantastic insights, fantastic language. She very early on is talking about high side and low side of some of the aspects of the Enneagram. Um, She studied under the great Dr. Daniel David. No. Yeah. Dr. David Daniels. And uh, just a a stellar writer, very much worth picking up. If you, if you're looking for, for a, you know, a middle level to high level Enneagram book, just to jump into it, but especially about relationships, this one's gold. Yeah. There's Helen Palmer is an excellent Enneagram teacher rooted in the narrative tradition. Uh, but she also has her, her, like her, her personal background is in psychology and psychological studies. And, and uh, with her work with Dr. Daniels, like they, they bring a, a much more like psychological approach to a lot of the things that they're talking about. So if you have a hard time reading stuff, that's a little bit drier, this one might be a struggle for you, but I think it's a lot of really good information that's that's based in their experience and their research as well. So, 
I hate to put it this way, but there are a ton of subtitles in this book, and so it's actually real easy to fly through and find things that you want to read, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. which I do with most of my books. <laughs> Why force yourself through all the fluff? That's it. Yeah. I want, I want to get to some meat. It's a bunch of stuff you don't need. It's fine. Well, we're going to jump into this. Uh, speaking of the narrative tradition, the great, no, the inimitable Cambry Ross will be doing um, surveys data collection on her feed on Instagram. If you do Instagram, uh, we partner with Cambry Ross, her uh, title, her uh, tag. Handle? Her, thank you. handle. It is a handle. Okay, good. <laughs> her, her handle is at Enneagram.cam, K-A-M. Uh, she's going to be doing a lot of study data collection work and is going to come on in two podcasts, and, and we're going to talk about when relationships go badly. Mm. And uh, I'm super excited for that. So she's always fantastic. Yeah. And Plus, hopefully, some of it will be funny. <laughs> <laughs> It'll depend on what type, I bet. I get, yeah. Some of it will probably be tragic. <laughs> but hopefully, some of it will be funny. And then, dear listener, you, want, you, you may not listen to this whole series, but you got to come back around Valentine's Day. Because we got something special planned, and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. I'm so excited for it. Good. Me too. It's going to be the best. Well, and, and, and to that, the, the people who aren't necessarily going to listen to this, if you got this far, hopefully this will help entice you a little bit. There is a, we are focusing on romantic love. That's, that's sort of our, our umbrella for this whole series. But I think we're going to try to help push this into relationships in general, not just romantic relationships, because, uh, because there's, there's so much, it, it's so easy to focus on romantic relationships because the, uh, societally we sort of hold that up as like this, this ideal kind of thing. Everyone's supposed to find a mate. But I, I personally don't think that that is a, a valuable way to view love and uh if you are in a successful long-term relationship that with a, a partner, you'll know that this idea of romantic love isn't stable and, and love becomes something else becomes more of a verb that you're choosing to do with a partner. And there's so much more richness outside of romantic love that can be had. So, so we're going to push a little bit more outside of just this, this really narrow definition of romantic love, but that is sort of our, our hook. I would love to double down on that. Uh, nearly everything we're going to talk about is going to apply to other relationships. And uh, it's because we're talking about affect and stance and our motives and how we connect with other people. Right. So entirely true. No pressure right. on, uh, on any of these fronts. In fact, um, but there's probably going to be a lot of examples that are going to be between you and me and our mm-hmm. love relationship, and it is not even a little bit romantic. So, I can confirm. Yeah, I love um, you, <laughs> brother. <laughs> the there is something about romantic relationships that are still. Uh, perhaps I'll, I'll I'll say the other side of that coin. For for some of us, these are the most important relationships that we have, mm. and will, or and perhaps we'll ever have. They color a lot of our joy and our successes. They can, they certainly, for many of us, 
color the places where times were hardest in our pasts. So to just skip over romantic relationships as something to just be set aside, not really important to when we talk about the human experience, that might also be a mistake. So there's no pressure to be in a romantic relationship, but it's still the case that these can be incredibly powerful and important to many of us. So I'm so grateful that TJ's going to thread that needle for all of us and take all the pressure on himself. (laughs) I'll take it. It's fine. I'll speak for both sides. There is something about, let's start with getting love. There are many of us who do want to connect with someone romantically or otherwise. And there are ways that each of the types seem to incorporate the tools of their type in getting the love they desire. And so just looking looking at Enneagram and thinking through this, how do you approach this? I really want to talk about two triads and where they overlap. Uh, for those of you who are new, there are nine types. There are all sorts of combinations of threes. And one of them, uh, the sets of combination of three, is about how we connect with other people and how we connect with the world. And TJ and I call that affect. The combinations are three, six, nine. 147 and 258. And each of those three pairings connect with the world in very similar ways, which we'll unpack. A second triad is stance. And stance is just about how you get what you want. Um, Do you do it aggressively? Do you demand? Uh, Do you earn? Or do you withdraw? And the way that we're going to talk about getting love is just to look at the overlap between these two. I find this really interesting. I think there's just, there's, I imagine there's all sorts of things you and I can talk about as we go around the circle with each number. So, uh, you ready to get into this? I'm ready. So, so we're around the circle. We pick a topic, go around the circle. Today we're talking about getting love. I would love to start with the twos, who often, when described as what is your motive, often desire the love and the affection of the people in their world. Right. Yeah, twos, threes, and fours are all as part of the heart triad. They another another set of triad. They are all looking for attention of some kind. And and twos are, are looking to to gain love by being helpful. So here's the skinny real quick on twos. And now I'd love to hear your take on where these overlap. First, twos in their stance are earners. They're part of the reactive triad. They earn the attention that they desire. As part of their affect, they're part of the relational triad. They will offer something to others in order to connect. Twos, fives, and eights all offer something big in order to connect with others, often even shutting down their own needs in order to connect through this offering. And so it's by providing love to others, twos are earning the loving relationship that they desire. Right. Do you have thoughts on how twos get the love they desire? Yeah, I mean that that's that's a pretty good summary, and and I feel like twos are one of the ones that you can see it the easiest because it's all sort of like right there in their general description. They're, they they earn attention and affection by by being helpful and useful, and that relational affect means that, that part of how they see the world is in how things are related to one another. And and for twos, it's in particular, how am I related to you? How how are we connected to each other? And and so you combine that with this earning desire and you see that 
the way that they draw people in, the way that they show love, and this is romantic, this is parent to child, child to parent, this is all kinds of relationships. They are seeking to be connected to other people by being helpful. And, and in that way, they're actually earning your attention. They're earning, it, so long as I'm helpful to you, you will love me. We've said this in the past that some of the twos who we just adore will introduce themselves to others by showcasing the people in their lives. Right. Here is my son who, uh, who cares about me, and here's his picture on the wall. Right. Here is my husband. We've been together 20 years. Right. And in the very introduction of themselves, it's like, let me show you the people that care about me, my heart, and my future. Right. And, and in that way, this is who I am. Yes. Identity it, is yeah. wrapped up. It's not up just I'm so and so who does this thing. It's you want to know who I am. Here's the people that are that I'm in a relationship with. So here's something that came out of my study that I've really wanted to talk to you about. It's not only that each of the types try to get love in a certain way, but that they have a vision of what a relationship ought to look like. Mm. And I imagine for twos, it's going to be a loving relationship. I think that we're going to see that that's not always the primary energy for all the types. Right. That's not necessarily the primary target, as it were. Right. But for twos, that's where the money is. Yeah. 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 And because that is relatedness is how they understand who they are. So, so giving and receiving love is part of their identity. I want to talk about the affect uh, again here that relationists, twos, fives, and eights, will, we've talked about them as anchors. They have very foundational kinds of presence in their relationships because of what they're offering. And the two being that stable source of care for the people in their life really matters to a lot of us who love twos. Right. Um, you want to talk about that grounding element? Well, I think within that sort of that, that service Twos are naturally offering something that the people around them need, or at least they're they're attempting to offer what people around them need. And and as a as a service uh, of sort of unspoken necessity, they become someone that you need to have around you. And and this is this is in an, in the unhealthy way. This actually becomes part of how how twos keep relationship is be, by becoming indispensable but but that's that's part of how they show love is but is by becoming someone that you need to have around you mm -hmm. because they offer some type of of service support uh, that like fulfilling unspoken needs this is how they show that they care about you I love the word offer here because I think twos actually would be most associated with, look, they're offering something in order to gain something. Right. And I think as we go through this list, we're going to actually see that all the types do this. Yeah. All the types actually come to relationships with something that they're, that they're offering. Mm -hmm. And this, they'll be worth naming. It right. may just be real clear, I think, in my mind with twos, but... Well, and it, it, it's also part of... It, it, that is part of how we talk about twos and like one of the... the terrible things that twos have to learn about themselves is that part of their giving is in order to store up favors. Yeah. And, and until, sorry twos, until you learn that there's a lot of work that you're going to struggle to do on yourself. 
big part of their stance there. This is perhaps the low side of the stance is that the earning of love can get out of control. Right. Right. And it's, it's also, it's part of how they manipulate people into doing what they want. It's like, if you love me, then you'll do this thing for me because I did it for you. One of the common missteps there for twos. Is there anything we're saying about the repressed center? Since we're talking about stance, twos repressed center is going to be their head. They're going to have a harder time getting around their intellectual center. Mm-hmm. What their? Uh... I think in in this scenario, in the in the relational sort of me related to you kind of way, the in that stance, the earning stance, the the. Th- thinking center is the one that's repressed. It's the one they struggle with the most. And I think that particularly in relationship, the ideas of what's mine to do are a big part of what they're going to struggle with because they're going to insert themselves into all aspects of the other's life and and work to serve and support as much as they can and not recognize stuff that's not theirs to do. So so that that will apply in big ways to like ignoring problems that are that exist in the other person like like especially unhealthy twos will often attach themselves to people that they can fix. And at some point you have to recognize that it's not your job to fix someone else. And and twos will struggle with that realization because there's always something more that can be done to serve and support this person who clearly needs something. In terms of Enneagram itself, this is uh, just a double whammy for for twos because that's both their coping style, how they solve problems, and it's part of their affect. So their coping style is to spin things positive. You're not getting the love you want or things aren't going well. You're going to jump in and spin it positive. Things could go better, and there's energy there for trying to improve the situation. Right. But one other part of their affect is twos are going to shut down their own needs in order to serve. And so both those together can create a storm, you know, given, given the wrong circumstances. Right. Well, and I think that, that uh, ignoring your own needs is also, is the other big part of the thinking repression is that they don't think, Nat, they do not naturally think appropriately about them, their own needs. So that's, that's part of where that manipulation comes in. Instead of speaking up for what I need because I'm aware of my own thoughts and desires and, and, and what's going on inside of me, I'll, I'll try to manipulate other people into fulfilling those needs without actually ever directly addressing it. And that has to do with that thinking repression. That's perfect. Uh, last word on twos. I think one good thing to know about twos is that like, if you are in relationship with twos, something that they are looking for is appreciation. That's worth noting. As we go through all of these types, just being able to name how the people in our lives are trying to get love and that that is a, that's a place of vulnerability. Yep. That's a place where they're exposing themselves because they want connection. And right. if you can, if you can't honor that, that they're moving into those spaces, that that would be a shame. So, right. And meeting them in those spaces often has huge benefits. Right. 
So I like that word of appreciation. Yeah. They, I mean, just recognizing what they do for you and saying it out loud, it will go a long way to enhance your relationship with it too. Bang. Moving to the threes. Threes are also part of two triads. They're part of the pragmatists. Pragmatists are going to uh, attach to get the things they want uh, to connect with the world. It seems to me, and I'm playing with this idea that pragmatists are great at creating atmospheres for others. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think there's some some things worth exploring there. And then threes also are part of the aggressive triad. So they are going to demand what they want or be assertive in getting what they want. Threes want to win. Yep. Th- threes are going to win love from other yep. people. And they're also going to, they're, they're more likely to say it out loud too. Yep. And that is part of winning. It's I'm going to shine. I'm going to show you that I'm successful and I'm going to push into those places of winning and even holding up the relationship yeah. as, a, as, a, as a success. Yep. Absolutely. And that's how they take hold of the relationships they have. And here would be something I think worth noting. Notice how the three in holding up the relationship is saying this is a praiseworthy relationship. This right. is something that others probably would see as a praiseworthy relationship. Right. And notice how different that is from the two's relationship. The two wants the loving relationship. The three might want some, what is the, what is the relationship I have that can be honored, held up as, as really praiseworthy, mm-hmm. as or excellent? Even the, to say it a simpler way, I can brag about my partner. Yeah. Part of their motive. Yeah. Absolutely. They, they find value in, in achievement and accomplishment and, and the things that, that other people can recognize as being valuable. Yep. So they, they, they look for partners that they can, that they can brag about, that they can hold it, that, that enhances their own praiseworthiness. What are threes offering then in order to connect with the people around them? I think there's a, there's a lot to be said here and, and it, it certainly will be, I, I think threes in particular will have a, a very strong difference on the healthy to unhealthy spectrum. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that in general, threes are going to offer the kind of excellence and support and, sort of praiseworthiness that they bring to everything. Uh, they, they want things to go well and they want the relationship to go well. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're going to work to that end to make sure that things look good. Yeah. At least to be seen as going well. Right. And this is why it's, um, it's often the case and threes, forgive me for saying this, but it's something you need to hear. It's often the case that threes actually perform their feelings and so this can be this can be something that that is learned in a healthy way, but it can also be something that's learned in a sort of serial killer ish kind of way. That, like, if you're only performing the actions that look like the emotions as you think they're supposed to look, then that could be a real problem. But it also means that that threes will have the opportunity to offer intimacy and the kind of relatedness that clearly showcases the way that relationships are quote unquote supposed to look. Mm -hmm. 
Which which can be a really great thing, especially when the partner is someone who is a little less like in tune with those kinds of things. Like like I think a lot about the like girls give mixed signals kind of trope. I don't think that's accurate or or something that we don't necessarily need to talk about that. But think about the the idea that that of girls giving mixed signals. Threes are not really likely to give mixed signals. Mm. They're going to to perform the feelings in the way that that make it look like it's supposed to look, and they're doing going to do a really good job at that. Yep. Yeah, the goal is going to be clear. Right. On this front, the virtue for threes is authenticity, and the healthier a three gets, just like the healthier a two gets, they're going to become more of a humble servant and do acts of love without expecting return. Threes, as they grow, are going to really begin to value the authentic in themselves and in others. Yeah. Right. right. And and push toward not only performing an excellent relationship, but having an excellent relationship so yeah. that it actually is praiseworthy. Yeah. That may actually be what the shadow side of, of threes if 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 all you're holding on to is the you know the appearance. Well right. that's that that's no good. Right. But but as threes grow and mature the work that they do is is to uphold, is to hold up and and improve, and like they are naturally cheerleaders and motivators, and and they spin things positively, and and as as they improve and and mature, they will apply that to their relationships as well. Yep. Three sixes and nines we've called magnets. The pragmatists mm-hmm. is because they they attach and. I, I love this image that the way the three is coming into a romantic relationship in particular is I'm going to win. Yeah. I'm going to be there and I'm going to be seen as successful. And that's why you're going to desire me. Yeah. Um, is because I come with the goods and I'm yeah. excellent and I'm amazing. And, and, you know, let's go hang out for a bit. Right. And because I'm so amazing, you have to be amazing. Meaning that, like, I only choose people who are amazing. So obviously, you are too. Let's yeah. go be amazing together. There you go. That's actually, I think, more of it. I don't think, of a, and I can speak from personal experience, I suppose, on this front, that it's not necessarily being pulled into you need to be amazing. But there's a lot of language, I think, from threes to those they connect with that you are amazing. Otherwise, I would have left a long time ago. Exactly. Yeah, the, the shadow side of the pragmatists is that they attach to things that are working and they detach from things that aren't. Yeah. And, and they wouldn't have chosen you if they didn't think you were amazing already. When things break and the mate isn't amazing, the, what the three does is they step in with all of that energy to say, all right, let's get up. You have what mm-hmm. it takes. Mm-hmm. Let's start moving. You know, shower. Let's do the get, things. Get some stuff in your hair. Probably need to brush your teeth. We're... We're going again. (laughs) Let's make a a chart with a list of things that we can do. We're going to fix it. Got some goals. The thing about all of the aggressive types is there's a ton of energy coming at their beloved, at the person that they're pursuing. Yep. And so if you are attracted to energy coming at you, the three sevens and eights are probably going to raise up with a lot of that. And it's coming. It's coming forward. Right. Some folks don't like that, and some folks do. Right, and but that's how they. If you don't up. like that, that's that's part of the detachment process, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I suppose that's, that's uh, worth noting here on the, well, two things. There's the low side of the affect and the low side of their stance. So the low side of their stance, their repressed center is they're feeling repressed. Yeah. So that's that, that's part of the performing feelings. Oh, there you go. Threes are in an interesting, threes, sixes, and nines are all in this interesting category within their stance where they take in everything through that primary center. Uh, so for threes, it's it, they are heart types. So they take in the world around them through their feeling center. They observe feelings of other people and, and the room and and those, like, they, they know who they need to be in order to gain affection from other people. But they do not engage the world from that feeling place. So, so that is why they perform emotions. It's because they're, they're not interested in delving into their actual emotions because that takes time and energy that they don't have because they're already busy being awesome. So they, they just perform the emotions to get it done. And then if, uh, actually, if you want to hear a great podcast that we did real early on, it's just called Affect, but we talk about how each of these types break up with other people. And that would be one of the things for threes when the relationship isn't winning, it's just not praiseworthy. It's something that isn't gaining the type of attention the three might desire. That's the place of real tension. And three, sixes, and nines will all detach from relationships. That's kind of the negative side mm-hmm. of a... Or well, I mean, it's not necessarily negative, I suppose, but that is how relationships often end right. for pragmatists. Right. And and for threes, I, they're, because they're demanding, it's, it's going to be clear up front, and 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 they're going to do it. Sixes and nines will detach in in their own separate ways. The withdrawal stance will affect the nine. The earning stance will affect the six. Right. But because threes are demanding, they're going to make it clear. Yep. Yeah. Boom. Anything else on threes? It's important to know that threes are they feel love by that kind of praise of their achievements. Mm-hmm. Like that that's a big part of how threes feel good about themselves and feel like you are connected to them is when you tell them how great they are. Yeah. And then you're yeah. still there to help them do the, the next thing that they're doing. And that can come out in very intimate ways. Am I a good kisser? Am I, uh, am I, you know, am I a good partner? Am I in that, that may not come out in, you know, for, to everybody else that might, you might be the only person in that three's life to be able to elevate their sense of self. Yeah. We've talked about this in the past that threes often will need other people to be mirrors for how they see themselves. And, yep. and that can matter. Right. Uh, it matters to threes to be excellent in the things that they value most about themselves. Yep. Boom. Moving to the fours. Fours, I think, are real interesting in romantic relationships. And it's, again, because they're attention seekers, but they take a step back to get that attention. Right. And so fours are going to be idealists. And the thing about the idealists, ones, fours, and sevens, is they all pull people in relationships. And so we've called this crew the kites, ones, fours, and sevens. And there's something about the pulling others into a significant relationship, into a beautiful relationship. It's almost like a come over here kind of energy that can come out of fours. Am I wrong in thinking that? I think that's good. I think that's also a good way to think about the withdrawal in terms of their their sort of love relationships. Uh, Because it's, it's not necessarily... 
it it's easy to think of fours, fives, and nines, these withdrawal types as as sort of stepping away from everything. But oftentimes the the withdrawal for fours in this love space has to do with a little bit with the chase. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It it's not a it's not a stepping away. It's stepping back to see if you'll follow me. Yep, that is how fours are in the world. Mm-hmm. That's a great good about fours. That maybe I imagine for fours that can be incredibly difficult at times because you're because of the longing for others to move toward you, and right. sometimes that just doesn't happen. How right. much easier for the aggressive types that just go and get what they want? Right. But there's something about others potential relationships where that's actually who they want. They want the person that they need to chase. Mm-hmm. It gives them, it gives the partner value, esteem, and that's the thing that's most attractive to them. Well, yeah. that's, that's, that's part of idealism is that, that fours are so interested in the pursuit Ooh, and they're, yeah. they're sort of, sort of longing for something that they don't have yet. Mm-hmm. And that's that's in general. That's that's part of what envy is. That they're longing for something that they don't have, and and so it expressed in love relationships. They're they're longing for that 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 pursuit is so much about what they offer and what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Palmer says of fours that they long for love at a distance. And I think that's a great little turn of phrase for mm. the posture. Yeah. Because they they are they're not interested in the mundane, the everyday, the the quote unquote normal. They want the mountaintop romance experience. They want the devastation of 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 total loss. They they want whatever they're experiencing. They want it to be the fullest version of that, and that's yep. that's part of the pursuit. Is that love can be so much more so so when we talk about for for those of us who actually like the sort of day in day out meal making like this is just normal being together in life kind of stuff fours actually feel a little bit stifled by that because it's normal because it's 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 simple it's basic it's it's not the fullest version this is part of why fours are often called the romantic is because they they want the bigger thing yep and notice again it's not just how the four is getting love but the type of relationship that they desire is different from the threes and it's different from the twos twos want the loving relationship threes want the praiseworthy one here the four wants this beautiful it has all the colors it's very significant and unique to them they're the ones who get to experience it in no one else kind of relationship, yeah? Right, right. It's, it's the, the full passion. It's the knockdown, drag-out fights. It's the crying over someone being gone for the night. It's the um, inescapable desire to be next to someone. It's they, mm-hmm. they want the biggest version of it. It's so interesting on this front that the four is withdrawn in their stance, but that they're pulling the lover into that space. Right. It's it's withdrawing and yet it's still a pulling. Right. And that yeah, that, movement's taking place. And and we talk about that a lot, that this like sort of push pull. Fours are because they they have this sense in them that 
that they're missing out on something that that they're that something is deficient in them which prevents them from having normal they're also trying to reject normal at the same time so within them there's this weird sort of push pull about wanting to be normal mm-hmm. and so when you talk about relationships when you talk about other people there's this natural push pull of i'm i'm expecting this person to reject me if they fully see me but also that's the one thing that i want most is for someone who fully sees me mm-hmm and so they're always sort of pushing people away and hoping they come back. Repressed center for fours is their action repressed. That may complicate some relationships because there are times to move forward or move into the relationship. Any thoughts on or that? Or even move away from. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. It's it's action in, in both directions. Um, and it's it's also often decision-making in general. It's it's easier to be sad that no one loves me than to invite the possibility of the sort of mundane kind of love or even let someone in who isn't going to be the fullest kind of... Like, I think about, like, what dating is for a lot and in my preference of what dating was for is like, I I enjoyed spending time with people. And also I was looking for a long-term partner. And so when I knew that I was not going to spend my life with this person, that wasn't necessarily someone that I wanted to be with forever. Like I, I, Mm -hmm. I knew that that relationship was going to end. And, and I think for, for a lot of fours, it's not necessarily that they want a long-term partner. They're looking for that person that is going to represent these these high highs and low lows of relationship. It's, it's going to be sort of explosive. And it's easier to, to do nothing to gain that than it is to risk that that's not going to happen. One element of stance that I haven't brought up, but I imagine has a is worth talking about is how our orientation to time influences our relationships. Because as you were speaking, I was thinking about the four and fours are going to use the tools of the past in getting the things that they want and the weight, the gravity, the here's how things have been beautiful and interconnected and and all the rest that I've seen before Mm -hmm. and moving that into my vision of how the relationship could go seems to be... Something we're talking about. Yeah. And especially for fours, it's romanticizing the past as well. Yeah, there you go. Um, because they're not interested in the normal and the mundane, they don't remember those parts of relationships. They only remember the fights and the the passion. And so as they move forward, that's part of the idealism is they're looking for something that represents that yep. from what they remember as well. Talking to my wife, just to hit twos and threes real real quick on time, we were talking about relationships with other people that um, had broken recently. Mm -hmm. And one of the things she mentioned was that in them stepping away, they've stolen or taken 
all the future experiences we were going to have. And her view was here are the places where we could have or would have had this, these wild, great, amazing times together. And now those are gone and that's her orientation to time. Yeah. And I imagine that would be true. You know, across the board. I don't know how that works with twos. Twos are going to be present focused. So the the present love, the present reaction is really what's going to matter most. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then they're, they're particularly not necessarily thinking about the future. That's part of how the, they're, they're thinking about the future is in what can I do now mm-hmm. to, to sort of set myself up to be ready for the future. So that's, that's how they are, are looking at. How, who they're connected to. It's, it's not so much what is, what is going to happen with us in the future. It's what are we doing now to gain and build love and relationship? How am I serving you now yeah. so that when I need it in the future, you'll be able to offer it to me? That's great. That's especially because Jews don't have an anchor in the future. Right. The idea that they would pay you back in the future just isn't in their wheelhouse. They're doing the thing now. Mm-hmm. And understanding they have the possession of your affection now. Yep. And that could get paid back at any time moving right. forward. Yeah. Right. Uh, come on. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Okay. So, uh, last, any, any last words on fours? Oh, I got one for you. It's actually the opposite of the. So, all of the idealists will experience frustration when they don't get what they want. Mm hmm. And so in trying to get love, the fours may have their vision, their ideals frustrated, and that will be a real emotion that comes forth when the romance that is desired doesn't materialize. Right. Absolutely. And I think to that end, I also think that it's it's really important to lean into the idea that fours want to be seen. Because when they do experience that frustration, when, when something breaks, they are expecting people to leave them. And if you don't leave them, even though you know the worst things that they're capable of, that's actually a really big deal. Mm. What's the why there? Is there? Can you put your finger on the why is it? Because I imagine there's lots of fours who will hear that. They'll say, that's exactly how I do, do things. Mm-hmm. Why is it that I do that? I mean, it's it's about that expectation, expecting rejection. It's it's they think that they are deficient in somehow, so people are going to leave. And when you acknowledge that you see the deficiency and you don't leave, then acceptance starts to creep in. I want to say that that is common to fours, sixes, and eights. Am I wrong that all of them kind of push? To see if you're going to leave? Yeah, I think in, in very different ways, but I think, yes, I think they all are sort of waiting for people to... I, I think we're all sort of waiting for people to reject us in different ways, but but four, sixes, and eights are, are going to put their... often going to put their heart on the line, and if you, if you mess it up, it's over. But if you yeah. don't, that's a big deal for them. There, there's something to be said there in terms yeah. of the testing. So, by the way, four sixes and eights, that's a triad. It's the emotional response triad for coping style. So that would that makes sense in terms of how that would play out, that you're you're trying to solve a problem, and that's how it materializes. Right. Moving to the fives. Fives are, like twos, going to be relationists. 
So they're going to shut down their own needs and offer something to connect. And what fives often offer is insight, wisdom, resources. Um, what do fives offer? Is there is there something bigger than that? I I don't think there is. I think that actually, like the other side of that, what they don't offer is a yes. big thing to notice with fives. And that's where I, I kind of set up wanting to talk about that is unlike fours, fives are very much, fives think about their feelings, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily offer right. their reflections on their inner life, yeah? Right. And they're, for fives, non-attachment, non-involvement, like like the, the idea that fives are observers by nature this is this is a key thing to know about being in relationship with fives because if they're invested that means they care. Mm-hmm. If they're offering something that means that they're offering something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they're not at all invested, if they're not if they're not giving you anything, if they're not involved at all, that's that's their natural state. So, so their the intimacy for fives is so often nonverbal. It's it's not they're they're not necessarily going to give their heart to you, but they might push into sharing some of their resources, mm-hmm. which includes time, money, uh, and and in a large way, it's it's information. Yeah, yeah. If you can get the energy from the five, that's a huge display. Right. Fives are going to be anchors. They're going to be a grounding presence in a lot of relationships. And it's because they are. They're setting that table mm-hmm. of here's here's what you need to know. Here are the resources to get what we need. It's very stable personalities in a lot of relationships, yeah? Right. And, and a sort of preparedness and like fives really care about making sure that their partner has the safest kind of car to drive mm-hmm. because they really care about the safest kind of car like they that that's 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 something that they are offering to the person that they're in relationship with yep. is is like what is going to keep you safe what do you need i'm going to do my research to make sure you get the best version of that thing and that's how the five is actually offering love. Right. That's how they're getting the love they desire. I'm giving you the thing. I have done all the work research in order to make sure that you have this best thing. And here's my offering to you. Right. And that's the invitation to have love reciprocated. Right. Well, and even I, I would go so far. I, I, this was a, a big point that I took from, from Palmer's work is that um, it's not just the things that I'm offering, it's, it's really anything that I'm offering. It's, it's not just my information and the, the resources that I'm willing to give. It's also the stuff that seems like I'm not willing to give. So like when I, when I share my fears with you, yes. when I share my anger, when I get angry at you and express it, that's actually, that is intimacy for them. Mm. When they're sharing anything good or bad that is part of them being intimate yeah because that's offering their inner life yep which the fives are uh their natural state is non-involvement yeah there you go yeah what type of relationships are fives looking for i think they're again health plays a really big part here because i bet there are some fives who are really looking for puzzles uh, but I, I think they're looking for someone who 
So like they, one of the sort of like curing messages that fives need to hear is that their, their needs are not going to be a problem. So they're looking for people who they can share those needs with, who won't run away, who will accept that part of them and accept it with patience. Mm -hmm. I know so many fives who are just naturally not very good at relating to other people in normal settings. So they're looking for people who get their quirks and and care about them and, and want to sort of draw some of that out of them, but without pressuring them too much. Mm-hmm. They're, they're looking for people who accept them as they are because they're so nervous that the things that they're keeping from other people are going to be a problem. Love that. I hadn't thought about this, but is the heart's message for each of the types something that the type actually often will offer to others? I find myself doing this all the time. I tell people they're they're good, they're great, they did a good job all the time. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's not something a five in, in, in entering a relationship would likewise say your needs are not a problem because of they are a stabilizing personality in the romantic relationship. I think that's possible, but I don't know that it's necessarily a rule uh, because sure. if, if fives find themselves involved with someone whose needs are a problem, that's not a message they're going to offer. Mm. You know, if, if fives find themselves with someone who is emotionally demanding of the five, that need is a problem. Sure. I mean, it more, I suppose the true enough, like there's some, there's some people that we just don't want to be romantically involved with. Right. But for the person, for the small set of folks that perhaps this five is attracted to, mm-hmm. I can imagine them saying, here is one of the things I have to offer. Right. Yeah. And and out of my considerable resources, let me give to you the things that you need. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked quite a bit about, you know, the repressed center for fives is action repressed, just like the four and mm-hmm. the nine. And that's colored a lot of our language here. Yeah. Anything explicit we're saying there? Engagement is the word there that yeah. fives will really struggle with. Mm-hmm. Uh, their 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 feelings are delayed. That they need time to think about their feelings, and so they often won't feel them until way well after the the event has happened. Mm-hmm. And they'll need time with that because, and that that's part of that action of repression is, is that they just need time to figure out what the heck's going on. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like they won't be part of it. They, they won't engage intimacy, but oftentimes it's just because they, they have to figure it out first. That pushes into their stances, orientation and time again is they're using past tools. Right. to get what they want. And sometimes you have to wait for a little bit to really understand, for the five to understand what has happened so that they can get their head around it, yeah? Right, absolutely. Anything else we're saying about past tools for a five in relationships? I, I can see fives really honoring the past, having visions of other relationships that seem to function well, that they've seen. And it's not romantic in the way the four would be. It would be much more practical. Right. I don't know if that's correct, but that would be my intuition. I would think so as well. And I, I think not just not just what's practical, but also an awareness for what's impractical. Yeah. And and what what's gonna 
take life from me. Yeah, what's, that's what it is. And what is not going to work practically speaking. Mm-hmm. I have a really hard time envisioning a five entering into a long distance relationship on oh, purpose. Because why? Uh, let me rephrase that. I have a really hard time seeing a five enter into a relationship that creates the kinds of complications like, for instance, long-distance relationships. Because there's, there's realistic, practical problems that will require a certain level of energy and engagement from the five that will be problematic from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And why even step into this place when we know it's not going to work. Oh, sure. And here, let me show you this this long list of failed relationships as seen in movies, books, magazines, etc. that I have songs that I'm aware of, like long distance doesn't work and I'm not going to do it because of all the evidence. Yeah. I was going through the Rolodex of movie characters in my head that we had typed as fives. The first one that came up to mind was Vision. And in in uh, Infinity War, the thing he's trying to do is to end a long-distance relationship with Wanda. He's trying to get her to stay. Right. Anyway, just yeah. make me, made me laugh right there. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't know how to say his feelings. And, oh, that's true, right? Yeah. Come on. And it, it also might that might be really appealing for some fives because it means that they don't have to be engaged in this in the same way as you would with someone who's standing right next to you all the time. You can store up your energy for the relationship when you're together. Yeah. Like that. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Sure. That might be really practical for some fives, but it, it has to do with what their values are. And they're, they're looking at the evidence that's in front of them to say, this is a thing that's not going to work, and here's why. Yeah. That was what I was kind of hearing as we were talking, is that I imagine fives looking at past relationships would say, was this the type of relationship that really stole a lot of energy from me? Mm-hmm. I'm going to avoid those. Right. I'm going to find these other types. Yep. So I, just final word here, how would we characterize the five relationship? Where twos want loving relationships, threes want... Uh, praiseworthy relationships. What's the type of relationship the five really desires? Functional and competent. Yeah. <laughs> it works. It works. Yeah. Of all things, a lot of the famous fives that we've typed in the past, all of them came to mind and I can just go, oh yeah, that's his, that's his marriage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just, it's, there it is. And it may not look exactly like what other people think this is supposed to look like, but it works. Right. Boom, we'll move into sixes. We're going to pause here and continue this discussion in a future episode. We'd love to engage with you on Twitter or Instagram if you have any thoughts about these types. And you can always find links to those and our other material at aroundthecircle.org. Tune in next time when we'll pick up with type six. And as always, who you aren't isn't interesting. Be who you are and you'll set the world on fire.